Welcome on into the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Happy Tuesday to you, Tyler Rocky, alongside Tim Leonard. Today's show brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you will get ten dollars off your next order. You know who could use a Built Bar right now, Tim? Uh, the fine folks over at Zoom, because yes. first day of classes yesterday at Syracuse University, and boom, down go the servers. Not just at Syracuse, but across the country, it looked like there were major outages. I saw a, a fantastic tweet, and it was something along the lines of, the Zoom outages is the new snow day for e-learning these days. Yeah, so I think I saw get, that one. Yeah, You're susceptible to a snow day at any point, um, and... and Hey, Syracuse, I mean, we went to a kind of a strange situation for Syracuse in terms of the, how snow days were constructed, oh, right. because yeah. I think we've been a part of what, like two or three of like the five ever in Syracuse University history. Yeah. So I guess we're kind of outliers in that regard. I don't know. Maybe maybe we're just the soft generation and, and we can't hike up our boots and, and walk to There could be some to truth class, to that. But, yeah. <laughs> There might be. Anyway, check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. We got some hoops to get to today. Uh, a lot of recruiting stuff that I want to talk about. And we'll also address some of the things that Dino Babers said yesterday because his Zoom didn't go out. His Zoom press conference went off without a hitch. But Maybe it I'm a little concerned. Out. That might have been yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd be feeling a little more optimistic right now, I think. But So he said some things that I'm a little concerned about with this team for 2020. Um, and we'll get to all of that later on the show, but let's start with some Syracuse basketball recruiting this past week, weekend ish, Matthew Gutierrez came out with his hot board and I love that name for, uh, the, the title of it, the hot board, but where Syracuse stands with its top recruiting targets through 2023. And I think there's really only two ways to go about this exercise where we start with 2021 and 2023 and then 2022 is its own part. Yeah. So Let's just start with 2021, because I think there's some interesting things that I was wrapping my brain around when I was going through this. And you look at 2021, it appears really that there are only two targets that Syracuse is really going after, and it's Mac Etienne and it's Arthur Kaluma. So when you look at those two, kind of similar, um, Mac a center slash power forward, and then you got Kaluma a 6'8 forward. Both of them top 50 guys, and you've already got Benny Williams in the class. But it feels like the coaching staff is under the assumption now that we only need two top 50s, and then we'll pack up our bags and go home. And I'm cool with that. I think I've been preaching that for a while yeah, now. you've been on that. Uh, the, the conversation has mostly been centered around Mac Etienne, but I'll welcome my, my push the chips to the center of the table for Arthur Kaluma as well, in terms of if you just got to go out and get one of these guys, and you'll feel really good about your class. It could be a one-person class. It really could. I, I think that's starting to become more of a reality. Now, it could be a one-person in the Benny Williams commit you've already got, and then you tack on a transfer or two, maybe, or you... And transfers you know, could be a, a real hot commodity coming yeah. up with everything and the unknowns of what's going on right now. I think that's something that is going to continue to be more and more prevalent. And let's face it, they've had a lot of success on the transfer market in the past four or five years. Haven't had a ton of success until this Dior wave that's kind of happened post-Dior, which I think it's been a good stretch now. But before that, they haven't had as much success with getting that center or getting that four or five star type prospect just straight out of recruiting to the degree that they once did pre-ACC. 
So maybe it's good that you leave some options open for a transfer to come in and you have a couple of scholarships available. Also, because who knows where the scholarships are going at, at this point. It is right. Just, yeah. It's tough to track in, in COVID times for sure. So, And I think on top of that, too, why you want I, – I, I'm not shying away from a transfer in these upcoming years is that we've talked about how this window can really be flying open for this team to win and win right now. Yeah. And – when you can add a, a quality transfer, maybe the minutes aren't there. And we might see this with Alan Griffin now, where you bring in a transfer. He becomes this player that you've been missing is the quote unquote missing link to getting this team to the next level. And you bring in a transfer like that and it helps you capitalize on this win now stance. And you don't have someone that maybe goes through the freshman growing pains because, again, these windows open, but they can slam in a hurry, too. I agree. So when we did our percentages, kind of playing the impossible game of what are the chances that X recruit comes to Syracuse from each cycle? And I know our guy Q's Country tweeted at us sort of with the percentages and sort of got us going on that thought exercise. That was a fun podcast to do. I'd say since we did that, I feel like my percentage, well, obviously Ashton Smith, it's gone way down almost to about five percent now because he released a top four Syracuse was not in it so you'd assume given some of the caliber of teams on his top four I think it was like Virginia Tech Nebraska Seton Hall if I'm remembering correctly that Syracuse probably just sort of stopped pursuing him to the degree that maybe they once were I was a little surprised to see that because I thought given his skill level he could have been a nice piece to bring in as a three or four year guy from that 2021 cycle well, it looks like he's not coming now. But I would say that my percentages on Mac Etienne and really on Arthur Kaluma as well would probably be higher than when we did that. Maybe not Etienne, but I definitely say Kaluma. Now, there has been kind of conflicting stuff on Kaluma. Our guy Q's Country, who we love on Twitter, sent us a little blurb of an article where it actually said that Kaluma at one point was the favorite to come to Syracuse. Now it looks like he's maybe in the four or five range of that top eight that he released, Syracuse would be in the four or five range. So they're not the favorite. And maybe that's because they haven't recruited him as hard. Maybe it's because they got Benny Williams and Kaluma was a little deterred by that. I think that's a possibility. Yeah, they, they the thing about Benny is that he is versatile. He can play a couple different spots for you on the floor. You want to go big. You want to maybe use him as a, a four. You you can feel comfortable sliding him, I think. But I also think with, with Benny, yeah, maybe that's one of those things where, okay, we got Benny and that's why the, the gas, you, you stepped off it a little bit with Kaluma as well. And that's why I think the, the chips are more in on Mac Etienne because he's that more true form big man that this program really needs. But I, I I wouldn't I'm not saying I'd push away Kaluma because he's obviously a super talented guy, but I feel like don't you already kind of have an Arthur Kaluma with what you got in Benny Williams and then to a degree too with with Quincy Garrier, albeit Quincy maybe not as talented as Kaluma, but he's further along. He knows the college game a little bit better. Yeah, I would definitely not push away from Kaluma. I really like Kaluma, and I, I think what I'm saying here is. If you're a Syracuse fan and you're looking at the 2021 cycle, I think there's two options going forward here. Option one is this cycle is Benny Williams and maybe another piece later on who we haven't even 
seen an offer go out to that's a smaller prospect or maybe a transfer and it's kind of just Benny Williams from this class or option two is it's Benny Williams and one of Mac Etienne or Arthur Kalimba but I don't really think there's many other guys that they are pursuing in 2021 that's out there and by the way Benny Williams has been getting a lot of love lately Corey Evans over at 24-7 sports I believe he wrote how he said he's probably the best recruit Syracuse has gotten since Carmelo Anthony. And he's the type of player Ooh. that could rise inside he used the, the top C word. 10. He used the C word. We don't and, use the C word. And when it comes from someone like that, I'm <laughs> I'm pretty tempted to jump Corey in. Corey Evans might have to be, we might have to make him a, a banned comment on this podcast. He, yeah. he might be the new C word if <laughs> exactly. he's using the C word like that. So take that for what you want. Obviously, I, I don't think he's going to come in and, and be the guy that carries them to a national title as a freshman. But... I do think his stock is, if anything, only rising. And that, I mean, that's a really good commit. It's sometimes weird to think about because Dior is still the guy that is the guy right now of the future. But Benny is looking like he's kind of climbing up on the heels of Dior in terms of who is the best commit that Syracuse has right now. All right, real quick before we sidestep on over to 2022, let's flip a, a couple years ahead to the future. 2023, Elijah Fisher and Aiden Holloway are the two guys that Goody highlights in this article. And I think the the big thing with Holloway is that Syracuse, and I think we've seen this too with a, a number of 2022 guys as well, it's the emphasis on being first. And Syracuse was Aiden Holloway's first offer. He's a, a guard coming out of the Charlotte area. Right now he's six foot, but he's got older siblings that are six three. So there's a chance that he could grow a few more inches. And he's a super talented guy that can shoot the rock. And then Elijah Fisher, this was the quote that left me floored here yeah, from his one of going. his coaches. Uh, Roe Russell, who coached Tristan Thompson and Andrew Wiggins, has worked with Fisher in Toronto since he was 10. He says he's more skilled than those players were at the same age. Yeah, that's pretty good. Wow. I, I mean, look, 2023, we have to give the obligatory. It's early, and this does not mean they're coming. That you know, These kids are going to get just bounties of offers thrown at them. And I do think it's great, though, that Syracuse is early on the trail for those two guys because the more you read about them, the more you watch them, the more that you realize that these are going to be five-star prospects down the road. All right, Tim, we're going to fast forward and take a look at 2022 in just a little bit. But first, we got to talk about Built Bar because there are six new amazing flavors coming out, Tim. And we got a notification the other day, a little email in the inbox that said, we've got a little treat coming for us in the mail. And whenever we get that, I'm waiting it means on one it. thing and one thing only. We are getting a bunch of delicious Built Bars coming our way, and I cannot wait to check some of these out. So Caramel Brownie Cookies and Cream, I think the leader in the clubhouse for me wow. in terms of the most anticipated. I would call those the, the Dior Johnson Chance Westry <laughs> of the Built Bars right now that I'm looking at. But they're super healthy. They've got just a, a great reward for any workout that you do. Yeah, and what is that? There's a new promo that you can get a cooler, right, with it. A what? A cooler, a cooler, right? I saw that in the email. Am I making this Absolutely. up? Absolutely. You get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last, and you can go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you will get $10 off your next order. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your next order.
On to 2022. You know, this is the rare case, Tim, where people love the middle child. All right, you've got 2021, <laughs> you've got 2023, but it's the middle child that everyone's obsessed with right now. And Goody highlights a, a number of names in this piece, and a couple stood out to me in particular. I want to start with Chance Westry, a guy who you and I probably are both in the camp that we thought he would already be committed by now. Yeah. But he's let this thing kind of drag out. And again, no one can really blame him. He's a 2022 guy. So really, the, these decisions don't come until, what, like a year from now, usually? If that. Yeah. I mean, that's it, even on the early side. Sometimes, like, yeah, that's it could be like a, a year and a quarter away, whatever. But this was a guy who was kind of expected to commit around the same time that Dior did, but it still seems like there is a chance, at least from inside the, the program, that Syracuse is, is very likely to land Chance Westry still. But it seems like the, the Chance Westry camp is kind of leveling out the playing field a little bit here. Yeah, so Goody said a source told him that there's a high chance, a source close to the program, there's a high chance that Chance Westry still comes to Syracuse. But it seems like his high school coach is saying everyone's kind of on an even playing field, like you said. I saw Jake Weingarten tweeted that he talked with top 25 incoming junior Chance Westry this morning. This was a couple days ago. But he said Syracuse, Syracuse listed first. I think that's a good sign. Maryland, Kentucky, LSU, Arkansas, Georgia, Villanova, USC are amongst the programs contacting him. So that's a lot of schools, right? I mean, that that doesn't mean that Syracuse is going to be getting any news in the near future, I would say. I did like that Mac Etienne mentioned to Goody, I believe, or at least Goody wrote about in the article, that Mac said he's heard from Dior and Chance Westry. Which it's almost oh, like, yeah, I mean, okay. I don't know if you saw that. I kind of saw that and was like, huh, like Chance Westry's recruiting skip over Mac Etienne when he hasn't picked Syracuse. But I don't know. I, I feel better about Chance Westry than I did a month ago, but maybe in a month I'll feel worse about it. I think this is just going to be a topsy-turvy one. For a while I was like, oh man, it seems like he's just not that interested anymore because how do you go from wanting to decide and then not hearing a thing in like the next four or five months after that. But I mean, at one point he was all in. It seems like he still has a relationship with Dior. He's talking to Mac Etienne. I, I like the signs and maybe if you get chance, you get Mac Etienne, which obviously that's, that's probably overreacting a little bit, but I, I love to overreact. You know, I'm the guy that overreacts and you're the more realistic one. <laughs> that That's what, that's what I'm here for. All right. The yang to your, to your yang. So no, Chance Westry, I think that's, he's certainly one of the more intriguing guys that we've discussed on here, and, and the ties to Syracuse do seem very strong. Another guy who kind of follows along that logic as well is Donovan Klingon, and I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in here as well, because again, we kind of talked about this with the 2023 guys, but it's the whole thing of being first. The Orange were the first to offer him, and, and this came, what, in, in like almost a year ago now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's the fact that they, yeah, I know they, they've, they've bought in, they've seen things and we believed in you first. And I think that's a great kind of poker chip that you can play whenever you need to. And I think that when you're making a guy like Klingon a, a priority, 
Again, Syracuse kind of has a center overload right now. Yes, some will be leaving the program from graduation. Who knows? Maybe one transfers as well. But you've got a lot of scholarships logged up at that center position. And it's going to feel like a pick and choose between Mack and Donovan Klingon. And I think if Syracuse had their druthers, they'd be going with Klingon right now. Yeah, it's hard to say because... I mean, Jim Beheim has said he could start for this team today. Right, yeah. And I, mean, I, I think that's that's a combination of a vote of confidence in Klingon and a lack thereof in, in the crop that he's got right now. Uh, absolutely, yeah. You were saying there's there's a lot of scholarships, but I think Klingon and Etienne are both the type of players that if they decided they would make room and they would probably happily move some of their guys that are currently on the roster to the bench or to a smaller role on the team when those guys arrive. So, I mean, Klingon is probably top of my wish Or off the still. team. <laughs> yeah, or off the team, unfortunately, for those guys. But, you know, that is, that's been the thing that's eluded them for years. And I will say, also from reading this article from Goody, another quote that I enjoyed from Justin Taylor, actually, who Justin Taylor and Chris Bunch, I would consider in the non-sexy 2022 guys, which is unfair kind of because... Normally, they're very, very They're still good top 100 recruits. Like, if you if you look at the last, what, like five years, they'd probably yeah. be in, like, the top four I know. guys of guys that would have landed with Syracuse. Yeah. Which is, it's bonkers that we're talking this highly about this 2022 class, and it honestly scares you a little bit that maybe we're overreacting. But like I said, I'm the overreaction guy. But Justin Taylor, when that offer first came out, I was like, oh, yeah, nice player. Like, but, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. Everything you read, it seems like he's bringing up Syracuse's name a lot. I don't think he's going to make a decision anytime soon, but I'm getting some good vibes on how he feels about Cuse. He said to Goody that Cuse is definitely a top school that has been contacting me and telling me what I could do there. And it seems like Virginia is also reaching out to him a lot, which that could end up being the battle considering he's now a Charlottesville kid. Or Virginia Tech, too. That's another one. Yeah, for sure. And then Roddy Gale is also... I really feel good about Roddy Gale and almost feel too good about him because he is a sexy recruit and he's someone who I probably like even more than maybe some of the other guys that are in the conversation in that 2022 class. But Roddy Gale told Goody that he's big on relationships and he really thinks him and GMAC have built a good relationship. He also said he plans to make visits once the virus calms down, which who knows when that'll be, hopefully soon, Roddy. And then He'll trim the list from there. So, again, all these guys, they're not making their decision anytime soon. But this was positive, I think, reading through and seeing sort of thumbs up for me on Roddy Gale, thumbs up for Justin Taylor, Chance Westry, probably a thumbs up. And, you know, this 2021 class, it might just be two guys max, but I really like where they're trending in 2022. Yeah, and again, I, we've stated that we're kind of, well, I won't speak for you, but I'm cool with just one or two yeah, guys no, in, I'm with in 2021 you. I'm with because you. you're going to want to save some of these scholarships for 2022 because it, it hasn't, even though Syracuse isn't landing, uh, they haven't landed a lot of guys in 2021, it doesn't feel like they've lost a lot of battles. Like in the no. in years past, it's felt like they've lost a lot of battles. That's in 2021, that's it has not felt like they've lost battles. It's just... They haven't had the same level of investment because they haven't needed to. You've got a team that's set up pretty well for the next three, four, five years. And so you want to kind of battle or you want to fight the battle of 
all right, how can we prolong this window as opposed to, all right, we need to just push chips to the table now because this has to happen here and now. No, I mean, Syracuse doesn't have to win a national championship every single year. They've got one in their history. And the fact that it feels like this process has to be rushed, I don't think it does. I think yeah, that I don't think it feels that way. 2021 and 2022 are when you're going to see some really special teams that, that can have some Final Four banners hanging when, when they're done. So yeah. we'll, uh, we'll get to all of that stuff, and we'll be on the lookout for it even more as we progress throughout the remainder of this summer. And again, these 2023 guys, we're going to be talking about them for the next, what, <laughs> two years? So too two, long. three years. Too long. Yeah. So we've got plenty of time to, to digest all of them. All right, next, we've got some concerning comments from Dino Babers and just from things I'm reading and stuff on the internet. The internet's a wild place, Tim. And yes, it it's got me feeling really down about Syracuse football and Same. how things could play out in 2020. I'll explain it all next. I'm pretty concerned, Tim. Pretty, pretty concerned with some of the things I saw today. So, a number of things go into this, all right? First of all, remember what is is going to be important for Syracuse football this season? It's going to be if the offensive line can take that step and uh, yeah. make sure that Tommy DeVito is standing on his feet for all, what is it now, 10, 11 games, whatever we're going to end up playing here in 2020. But... There's a number of things that I saw that are concerning to me. First of all is Chris Bleich's NCAA waiver situation. Is that Dino Babers, it feels like he's kind of in the dark on this. We're really interested Everyone's in hearing in some news. <laughs> Everyone's in the dark. I mean, is the does the NCAA, did this one not like process through? I talked about this last week, um, how Drew Gunther, when he went into the transfer portal, he gets yeah. the confirmation email. It's like when you put in an Amazon order, you get the order confirmation. So you get a confirmation, you're in the transfer portal. Did Blush just never get his confirmation from the, the NCAA waiver portal or whatever it is? Because I don't think we this, can talk about this This is borderline absurd at this point. Yeah. I, yeah. I, can I just... This is fa- yeah, give us your Fantasy yeah. Draft Friday idea. <laughs> Well, oh yeah, that, that'll be a fun one. Fantasy Draft Friday, which we do, try to do every Friday. I think we should do things that could happen before this waiver gets passed in, in a joking manner. So I was sort of saying like, oh, Send Jim Send us your Bayheim, submissions at yeah, LO underscore Syracuse. We want to hear them. Yeah, Jim Beheim retires. You get a top spot at Wegmans. Just things that never happen that feel like they're never going to happen for another 10 15 i hate to say this at the expense of the kid but i'm rooting for him to not get it by friday just so we can do this right well okay i i'm still which which means he's getting it this week yeah okay and if we just jinxed it into existence thank god because again we we root we root to be wrong on this podcast as we've said many a time let me just say real quick you you had the podcast yourself last week I, i haven't really gotten to to sound off on this one and like, I, I think if we dedicated 20 minutes each day on this podcast to how ridiculous this is, it probably wouldn't be overstating it. I'm not going to because I know everyone else that's listening out there is frustrated just as we are. But this, I mean, you hear the NCAA get ragged on all the time, and I get it. They've got a lot of things going on, and it's easy to poke fun at them, and it's easy to... all. And I've always been someone that's like, oh, yeah, the waiver system, like, it's a joke. But I, I never really, truly have been this angered by it. I mean, this is... He put it in an April tie, and we're sitting here two and a half weeks out from the start of the season, 
and we have no idea about now a right guard on an offensive line that, as you're going to get to, is is already banged up. I mean, it couldn't be more pressing. Right. And I'm looking at a couple of things here. And, and so Bleich's waiver is just one component of this factoid of the offensive line. But the fact that Dino Baber says that there are offensive line men, not line man, line yeah. men, plural, who are injured and may not return until midseason, wouldn't name the, the names, but... That's concerning to me. And when you're a group that, again, this Syracuse offensive line played solid towards the end of the season. You saw those sack numbers go way down, and Syracuse yeah. won a couple games. Some but of even which that's generous thought they to didn't say need to. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they were winning some games that you didn't expect them to at the end of the year. And I sure. think offensive line is a little bit of a reason why. And you thought the cohesion and the fact that you're getting most of the group back for the next season was a reason for optimism for the offensive line. But if you're going to be dealing with injuries, you've got one guy who might be your most talented offensive lineman. You don't know his status for the situation. Then on top of that, let's just play a quick numbers game here, Tim, because while I don't know or have any inside intel on who these names are that might opt out, just look at the numbers. There are five offensive linemen. That is the the most hefty position in terms of numbers that you have on a football field at all times. It's almost half of the offense. And if you're going to yeah. be missing guys there because of opt-outs, and again, they're totally entitled to their opt-out situations because you don't know what's going on in their lives and whatnot. But there's not a lot of reason for optimism for this offensive line in 2020. If you might have an opt-out, you're already going to be dealing with some injuries, it looks like, and the fact that you don't know the status of maybe your most talented guy, that's a problem for me. And and that's why I don't think that the Syracuse team has a very high ceiling in 2020. It's because of the fact that if their offensive line is not figured out, you're getting the same team as you got last year. Yeah, I'm going to do that classic fan thing where the season's right around the corner and you just subconsciously lower your expectations for the season because then it maybe hurts a little bit less somehow when it when it actually I mean I, I'm I'm at a point now where I really don't feel good about Syracuse's chances of winning many football games if this season happens in 2020 I, I just I don't know there's so many things that are stacked against them between Dino coming out and saying we may have to play slower because we haven't gotten the proper conditioning and the proper reps in. Well, isn't that your thing on offense, which hasn't really panned out to begin with already? And then we saw how much the offensive line can just really just crush a football team last year and crush the chances of Tommy DeVito developing into the quarterback that we all hope he can be and what he was kind of hyped up to be at times. I'm I'm optimistic that DeVito could get there on a good offensive line, but I'm worried he's just not going to have the chance this year because out until midseason, that was said about a couple guys last year, and it was the full season. And you're, you bring up a good point with the numbers game of other starters opting out. It seems like Syracuse is going to have more guys opt out than maybe some of the other schools in the ACC. I don't know. It's going to be hard to say. Dino still says he has no official word on who it is, and we haven't gotten to that phase yet of where they have to make a decision, but it's getting pretty darn close. I mean, I don't feel great about about Syracuse. Not to mention the schedule is is just way tougher, and there's I mean, no easy e- games. The the five road games we've pinned it five yeah. losses. That's what it looks like right now. And again, <laughs> we hope they prove us wrong. 
But if your offensive line is going to be a mess and, and in shambles, this team is not going to win more than two or three games next year. And one of the other things that I find very concerning too is, okay, so Dino Babers says yesterday that, uh, I guess this scrimmage is from Monday, or, or Sunday rather, that the defense won the scrimmage, but plays were made on both sides. Well, Matthew Gutierrez, he did a mailbag that came out yesterday, and here, here, one of the questions was he was asked about the, the impressions that he's heard from camp. And he says, from what I've heard, the defensive side of the ball might be the biggest issue. Syracuse lost some key guys from last season, and it's never easy installing a new system, let alone one during a pandemic when you didn't have much of a spring season. Well, if that's the unit that's winning your your early scrimmages, and again, I don't want to make a big fuss out of a sample size of one, but on day one, I would expect the offense to to come out and beat up on a new system that has not spent a lot of time together. Yeah. Dino has often just told it like it is in a lot of cases. You go back to last year around this time, and he was saying the offensive line is the key to the season, and we were all like, yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense, Dino, but like we we think we've got a top 25 football team here, so I'm sure we'll be fine. Well, it turned out they were really the key to the season. He also did say around this time last year that he thinks they have a great defense. That did not pan out, and obviously you fire Ryan Ward because of that mostly. So I don't know. I I think obviously we're hoping for the season to happen. I just love to see them out there in, in any capacity, and I don't think it's like doomsday at all for Syracuse football, but the the chips are stacked against them this year, right? Because they didn't have the roster that they had last year anyways. They had a lot of question marks with new coaches coming in. Now these new coaches have to introduce new systems with guys that aren't starters playing more because starters are opting out and less time to practice and less conditioning on a team that relies on conditioning heavily. I, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but the more you think about it, the less I feel great about them proving all the doubters wrong about this year yeah it'll it'll be tough this year definitely an uphill climb and again we mentioned first day of school was yesterday at Syracuse (laughs) so let's let's throw a new wrinkle into whether or not everything's gonna go off without a hitch again hope we're wrong hope we're wrong hope to god we're wrong but We'll see. It's it's still got plenty of time to for things to go south. Almost a little less than a month now. So we'll see. Maybe things get moved back. Who knows? But that's uh, that's the situation we're looking at right now. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Tomorrow, Tim, I've been teasing these uh, David Hale ACC predictions for quite some time now. I think oh, yeah. probably coming up on a week. So we will do that tomorrow. Okay. Set in stone. Love it. Put it in your calendar because we've got to get that off the table. And we'll also probably dive into some some recruiting stuff on both both sports that uh, we love here, basketball and football. So we will get into all of that and some more on Wednesday's show. So for Tim, I'm Tyler. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey.